everybody. Welcome back to Movies with Heart. Um, we had to take a brief few-week hiatus because of personal issues. <laughs> life and work. Yeah. Yep, life things came up and I've been working mad hours, so I just uh, decided to take a brief break and take care of myself. <laughs> but we are back. Yes, we are. So, last week we talked about Little Mermaid, which was a great one to end on because it was so good. <laughs> um, and this week we're talking about one that I've never seen before um, until, you know, for this podcast. Um, it's the new Murder on the Orient Express. It's the one directed by Kenneth Branagh that came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. And Brett, you had seen it before, right? Yeah, I've seen it a number of times, actually. I kind oh, I of so the funny thing about this film is it kind of gets better the more that you see it because you start picking up on little things so i that's interesting that you say that because i actually had a friend last night who was excited that i was that we were doing this one and i mm -hmm. was like yeah i've never seen it before and then i finished and i texted her and i basically texted her what i texted you i was like eh, not great <laughs> Yeah. And she said the exact same thing. She goes, I liked it better the second time I watched it. Yeah. Which, I mean, kudos to rewatchability, because I do think that's, there are some films that I think are amazing that I'm like, probably will never watch again. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like, this one definitely has its flaws, and it has its quirky weirdness and stuff to it. Um, and we'll, we'll get into all that stuff, but mm -hmm. the thing is, is, is there was nothing really film breaking in it to That's really like, do damage to it. But other than that, it was, it was fair. And I'm a sucker for murder mystery type movies and stuff like that. And it's, mm. I think it's a fun redo of the 19, I think it was 1974. I want to say 73. Yeah. So I know they did this in around that time and it's a redo yeah. of that. They did a, they did a TV, a TV movie in 2001 of this. Um, and it wasn't so good. I, I don't recommend watching that one. Uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird. But this one, I thought they did a fairly good job on. Like I said, there's some little things in there that we can, we'll talk about. But other than that, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Did you, have you read the book? Um, I have not read the book. I'm so bad at reading books, honestly. <laughs> I haven't either. I just, for some reason, I thought you mentioned that you had, so I thought I'd ask. But yeah, I've, I've never read the books. I haven't seen any of the other versions, so I came into this fresh. Like, I did mm. not know the story. I had to do a good chunk of research, like, before and after just to realize, like, what this film is, but... Yeah. No, um, with books, I don't mean to go off on a bit of a, like, off the path, but... Red. I I have to really, like be involved in the book before i really will read, read them sort of thing like i'll really like so have a strong desire to read them i'm really picky about the books that i read um and usually if i usually read one book i have to read the others in the series sort of thing mm -hmm. um just to finish off so the entirety of the, of the story so you're not just reading murder on the orient express you're like if i'm gonna read this we're gonna read all of them <laughs> mm -hmm. right and i think there's two or three of them i can't remember i'd have to look it up i think there's three yeah, there's, a, there's a few yeah 
because um, I think there's this one, there's the Nile, and then there's another one that's actually a completely different story that has nothing to do with these two. Um, but oh, really? Yeah, but I can't remember what it was called. Because I actually haven't seen um, Death on the Nile either, and that's the one we're actually doing next week. Yeah. I, I have my hesitations about Death on the Nile. I, I really want to see it, but I've also have heard stuff, which is not good. Oh, no. And so I, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, Poirot features in 33 novels. Right, but they're right, but I think there's there's they took three like three of them and they did three movies. Oh, 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 I see. I think they did the Murder on Orient, they did the Nile, and then they did another one that that's like some murder mystery one. Gotcha. But I can't remember off the top of my head, and I kind of don't want to dig into it right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. no worries. Um, Death on the Nile, I am kind of the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to have to do some research. I know nothing about it. Um, my, my queen Gal Gadot is in it though. So if nothing else, I'll have something to look at for a couple hours. I mean, while speaking about the Death on the Nile, I will bring up, it kind of bugs me that the way they ended the murder on the Orient is like, oh, there's been a Death on the Nile. And then the Death on the Nile happens to where he's actually traveling somewhere and the death hasn't happened yet. That bugs oh, me. Oh, really? So. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we're gonna. Have to, yeah, I remember because I knew Death of the Nile had come out. Because again, I I saw this recent. I saw Murder on the Orient Express um this past week. Yeah. And yeah, when it was wrapping up, there was like, oh, there's been death, you know, on the literally. I think the sentence is there's been a death on the Nile. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that leads right into the next one. Oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. No. Okay, well, that's going to be interesting. It we'll have not. to see. <laughs> I mean, you could. I appreciate what they're trying to do, saying like winking at like, hey, there's going to be another one. We're going to do the death on the Nile. But the way the other one starts out is the death hasn't happened yet, and he's on the Nile for some other reason, and then the death happens. So for them to say, there's been a death on the Nile, you better come with us, and then that. That's it, unfortunate. It, it bugs me. Yeah, I think it bugs me. It bugs me. Yeah, it bugs me. So Yeah, that's fair. Um, so for those of you who haven't seen Murder on the Orient Express, um, it's based on an Ag Agatha Christie novel um, starring a detective, um, Hercule Poirot. Is that how you pronounce his name? Hercule Poirot. I can't spell it. I can't say his last name, but his first name is like Hercule. Yeah. So anyway, he's Belgian. <laughs> Has yeah. a French name, and so this is just kind of one of his adventures. He's he's traveling to London. He's on the Orient Express. Um, it's a full full train. There's a, a a count and countess. Is that who it was, or was it a duke and duchess? Okay, count and countess. Um, there's a bunch of people. There's a governess, a doctor, a, kind of a scam artist. Um, you know a basically there's a ton of people <laughs> um, on this train and a murder happens. The scam artist who is known to have many enemies um, is killed. Mm. So the, the kind of owner of the, of the train who is good friends with Poirot basically is like, dude, I need your help. We need to find out who, who killed this guy. 
So that's what the whole movie's about. It's this murder mystery. It's Poirot trying to figure out who did it, what's going on. He About halfway through, he figures out that the scam artist was actually a murderer who murdered, um, who kidnapped and then murdered a child. And as you go through the film, you start to realize other people have connections to this family that had this horrible thing happen where this, this child was kidnapped and killed. Um, And so spoilers, everyone, the big reveal at the end is that there's no singular murderer. The entire train is full of people who kind of went in on it together and murdered, um, murdered this guy. All their backstories basically tied together to this one Mm -hmm. singular girl who was kidnapped and murdered. And they ended up staging this whole thing to get back at Ratchet, who is Consetti. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, let, let us dive right in. (laughs) Yes, let's. So I was, I will have to say, I was super excited about the cast. I remember back when this, like, I remember this trailer. Um, I remember seeing it and I remember being like, because that was like when Daisy Ridley had just, you know, Force Awakens had come out not too long before it. And it was Mm -hmm. before the Abomination, The Last Jedi had released and destroyed all our lives. Um, So I was like, oh, Ray's in it. That's super cool. Leslie Odin Jr. from Hamilton. That's exciting. You know, and then Johnny Depp's great. Um, I did not realize until watching it that Michelle Pfeiffer was in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that before. Like, I was watching it, and then all of a sudden I was like, hang on, is, is, that, is that Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer and also um, William, William Defoe. And yeah, Johnny well, Depp and I love and... Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he was great. Judy Dench. So, I mean, Kenneth Branagh. Like, it is an all-star cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all do quite well. I think my complaint was I didn't feel... Because there was so many, I didn't feel like I got enough time with any of them. Mm. Like, the only ones that I really felt like I, like I was like, okay, that's, I guess that's sufficient, was Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe. Because I felt like we got enough of their backstories a little bit later on that I was like, okay, okay. I'll get behind that. But everyone else, I was just like, eh, well, and, and um, Poirot, the, the main detective guy. But, like, pretty much everyone else, I just, I wanted to know them more. I wanted more information. I just, I don't know. I, like, I found myself wishing that this had either been, like, a miniseries or there were less characters. Because it just, it felt a little rushed. And I felt like I did not get to know the characters well enough to the point that, like, sometimes later in the film I'd be like, who is this person? It, you, you may want to watch the original one because this, okay. this one's pretty close to the original one 
of, as far as maybe some other flaws and stuff like that but as far as the storyline goes and stuff like that so this is kind of uh not only like a redo of that but kind of a a hat tip to the old how the old-fashioned murder mysteries were you really didn't get to know a lot of the characters and stuff like that it was more of just you were kind of thrown into the middle of this murder mystery and that's kind of what i really liked and really appreciate is it didn't waste a lot of time on people they just kind of got right to it sort of thing yeah, and that's something that I actually realized in my coworker, who's also a, a film buff, for those of you who, who are just listening, he and I talk about movies a lot. He kind of mentioned the same thing. He was like, you know, this is kind of a hat tip to in the 70s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, the 70s were a big time where they did these murder mysteries and there was a big, like, star-studded cast. And yeah, there, there it was a huge cast and everyone in the cast was, you know, a big name. And it was that was just kind of the the thing they did. Right. And um, those were a lot of the blockbusters. That was a big, a big hit, I guess. So he mentioned the same thing. He was like, it's kind of a hat tip to that, which I understand. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate, like I said, I think it just, because this is based on a book, I was like, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like in a book, you can dedicate more time mm. to all the characters just simply because it's a book and in a movie you have to truncate it down. So I don't know. I just felt like I get where they were going with it. It's not film breaking. I just wish I would have been able to get to know the characters all a little bit better. Mm. With a murder mystery, I'm always like, who is it? Who isn't it? I bet it's that guy or I bet it's that guy or I bet it's that lady. Yeah. So there were parts where I was like, well, they're too obvious, but maybe it's this person, but they're not obvious enough. Like, you know, I was mm-hmm. figuring it out. And so when he tied it all together, I was like, oh, that does make perfect sense. Well, because then I started thinking, I was like, well, what about that? Oh, they all had the same story because they were all about it together. <laughs> so I do think it would be it would be fun um, to rewatch it because I feel like things throughout would start to make more sense and would start like, I think it, I think it would be a fun rewatch, which I do movies that have a twist. I like rewatches anyway. I love rewatching, you know, the prestige by Christopher Nolan Mm -hmm. murder mysteries are always a fun rewatch because when you know, there's just, there's little things you pick up on. Right. And that's kind of the thing with this movie is when you rewatch it, you kind of take a lot of things with a grain of salt and kind of more focus on the story and what's going on with the story and not really with the details around everything. Cause if you start, cause especially in this movie, there was a lot of errors that had to do with this time period and a lot of analytical errors and stuff like that. Not film breaking, but there's, there was a lot of them. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of them. I will say another thing. um, I did think it was shot very beautifully yes oh no i mean yes and no Um, i guess for me there were just parts like when the train derailed i was i i was like that was i i felt like there were just parts i remember certain shots being like wow that's a really good shot yeah they and i thought that more than once throughout the film they had some good shots, but they also had a lot of obvious green screen moments. That was super obvious. You're like, oh. that looks that looks 
bad. That looks really bad. Fair. Um, the CGI was not great. Yeah. But some of the shots and the, the way they did some of the cinematography and stuff like that is through like the different windows and some of the tilted angles um, mm-hmm. was was pretty clever, I, I would admit. Um, the train derailment really bothers me in this movie. And I understand they had to come up with a way to, and I believe it's the same in the other movies, like the train derails or something like that, or mm-hmm. something happens when the train comes to the stop. And I know they had to do that, but the way that they did the train derailment really, really bothers me. In this did movie. they ever like? Maybe it was a blink and you miss it thing, and I I wasn't paying attention. Did it really clarify how the train derailed, or like yeah, why? Yeah, so there's there's an avalanche that hit the train and it pushed the front engine off the tracks. Okay. But. <laughs> there's an avalanche with that much snow and ice coming off the mountain. It wouldn't just derail the train. It would push the train straight off the track, especially when there's nothing on the other side. It's, they're on a bridge. Mm-hmm. It would just boop, pop that sucker right over. Cause that's a heavy <laughs> train. Like once you, it starts to tilt, it's going to go all the way. And it would have been the murder of the Orient altogether. <laughs> Not just the murder on it. It'd be, everyone would be dead on that train. So maybe like if they would have done it to where there was an avalanche and they ran into it and like the train, the, the front engine kind of popped up and went off the Gotcha. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's understandable with actually hitting the train. It's like, mm, no, <laughs> no. And another thing that bothered me was the mysterious luggage box car. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yep. It was kind of there in some scenes, but not there in other scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just kind of like a ghost car. <laughs> it was conveniently there when they were like, we need to check everyone's luggage. <laughs> ghost car. <laughs> yeah. And also, where's all the second class people? How come none of them were hey, checked? <laughs> that was my thing, too. Is I was, that was what I thought halfway through. He's like, okay, so the murder must have been in this car. I'm like, where's everyone else? Are there other cars with people? Are there not? Well, there's only, there's only four cars on this train, but yet there was like a first class, a second class, like a coach, and like you got to do the, the dining car and also the luggage car. So there's not enough cars for yeah. everything. There's only four right cars. In the beginning, you know, when he, when, um, what's his name? Book is trying to get Poirot a spot. You know, he's talking to his guy and he's like, yeah, this guy's like, first class is all filled. And he's like, oh, okay, well, what about yeah, second class is all filled? And so, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, so yeah, where they, are all these people? I mean, if you want to do a murder on the Orient, just hide out in second class because you'll be fine. You won't be checked out. Only the first class passengers get checked out. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and it was a little confusing, too, because Poro was able to get on because one guy didn't, like, sign in 30 minutes before where did that where is that guy i, I don't, was that I don't just know convenient? <laughs> they just tossed him off as the train was going <laughs> <laughs> because because this was all staged by the people on the train too so i'm like who's this guy mm-hmm. like was he supposed to be there and he didn't show yeah i mean he's the was he some he's... rando who was just gonna be like he, involved he... in this murder mess he got shifted to the uh to the mysterious second class car which we yeah. don't know where it really existed so yeah i thought the same thing there were definitely parts where i was like 
what? What? What is this? Huh? Yeah, and he's like having the meeting with the one lady in the in the luggage car, and they're like the doors open and they're just chilling. And sitting there. I'm like, where did this car come from? Because that's not anywhere in here. Because if you look, the very last car, there's actually a, a shot that shows that zooms in on the train, and it shows that the very last car is the dining car. Yet when he's having the meeting with the girl in the luggage car, I'm doing air quotes here for everyone who obviously can't see us. The for in the luggage car, that's in the very last. They're in the very last car because you can see out the back. It window. also shows when it derails that the last car, like the last two cars, are still on the bridge. Mm -hmm. And then later they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it gets derailed. It does like a zoom out. You see like half the cars are still on the bridge, and then later before they come and get saved like everything yeah yeah so the train actually moves a few times if you notice so as it, it when it first derails it derails like right on the bridge so the front engines like right on the bridge and the back ones are kind of about to get onto the bridge and then later on the engine is actually forward more and is off the bridge mm -hmm. but the back cars are, are on the bridge and then it kind of moves again to where the whole thing's like on the bridge and it and there's actually another moment now that we're talking <laughs> about train physics <laughs> actually two two things that i'm going to bring up one the people who come to dig out this train only have hand tools okay hand That's, tools yep. to put a train a steam-powered engine, mind you, back onto the tracks. Like, there's no way they're going to be doing this with hand tools. But whatever. Uh -huh. Maybe they're super strong. Two, there's actually a part, if you watch, where they put the train back onto the tracks, and they're about to get everyone on, and the detective's like, no, 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 keep everybody off. And he walks to the front of the train, and the train's still derailed. And then he like walks forward a little bit and the train like corrects itself and is back up onto the mm -hmm. tracks. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> What's wrong with this train? <laughs> and also the growing size of people's rooms. Did you notice that too? Like some people's yeah, first like class cabins were, were okay, but then you go into like others, like the, the dancers, the, the dancer guy and girl people. The, the dancer da yeah the, the ballet dancer so the guy that's a ballet dancer who's like super talented and then the girl who's actually the daughter or oh yes yeah. yes yes the the count and countess when he goes to investigate them or to interview them mm -hmm. they're they have like an entire car to themselves yeah it's like what the hell is going on here like some of the first class ones are tiny and then And then he, they've got like this huge like dining area, and then they go back further, and there's like a living room back there, and like a. It's because they back were there. they were a count and countess. That was the thing. Like their luggage couldn't be checked either. But yeah, I thought the same thing, especially because the princess lady also like had a, first of all a smaller room than them, but her room also seemed to be bigger than a lot of the others in first class. But they only had four cars. That's oh, what I know. I get. They didn't have enough car train cars. And at the end, when they knock on the doors for all the people to come out, they're all like in that hallway. Yeah. So how, how big is this car that everyone is riding in? Is it just super wide and just... Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> car or train physics, everyone. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, no, I agree. But also, oh, go for it. 
Can we talk about Poirot's mustache? Yes. And the thing that bothers me about this is another thing that bothers me is the one night he wore the, okay, so Poirot is super OCD. Like he has to have everything right. perfect. And it makes very clear that he has to have everything perfect. And the one night, the first night that he wears a little mustache protector, and the second night he doesn't wear it. You would think that someone this protective of his mustache and this OCD would remember that thing. Would be, yeah. Every night. Yep. I just thought it was too much. And I get what they were going for. You know, they were like, let's do this big lavish, you well, know. And I believe the guy in actually the original film had a lavish mustache. <laughs> well, Kenneth Branagh said that he made that decision because the mustache is referenced like 14 times in the book. Just fun fact, though, supposedly Agatha Christie did not like the mustache in the first movie. So I don't know if she would like this one. <laughs> Yeah, he had quite the mustache in the first one. Um, okay, I just thought it was too much. I also thought that accent was too much. The yeah. line that I keep, like, I was watching it, and the line where he's like, the killer is mucking me. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that accent, first of all, gotta tone that down. Secondly, that's the line, the killer is mocking me. Like, really? How cliche are we getting? <laughs> well, and it's actually kind of funny because there's actually quite a few French words that, because um, I was going through some stuff afterwards. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a few words he actually mispronounced a number of times in the film. Awesome. So... There's that. There is murky. I, I can't. <laughs> I just thought it was. I, I thought it was a little much. And yeah. again, Kenneth Branagh is very much into. You know, he. He does. He, he, he's very into the spectacle of things. He's into you know big, grand, sweeping gestures, and so I get it. I just thought it was too much. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I mean, I, I would I would agree. I would agree. It was distracting from the rest of the film where all the other characters were... They definitely were a little bit characteresque of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they definitely were playing up the, the characters a little bit. You know, for a fun murder mystery. Yeah. But there was times that he felt a little much that it was it was a little bit distracting. That being said, I do think he played... I think he played the character he was given very well, other than the parts where I was like, you're a little, like he, he other from then he, other than when he was a little much, there were times there were little nuances, little things that he did that I was like, well, that's cool. Like there were aspects of the character I quite enjoyed. Um, like I said, there was just times I was like, Ooh, buddy, just, just tone down just a smidge, please. <laughs> Personally. No, I know it's it's good. I'm I mean I'm just I'm just listening. And the thing is, is like like I kind of mentioned before, there's a lot of flaws in this film. But mm -hmm. I think the nostalgic of it trying to be an old-fashioned murder mystery kind of carried yeah. it for me, and kind of made it work. And I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I can look past that. The the light bulbs on the train aren't correct, and they're using this kind of stuff, you know, on the train whatever you know the whole the yeah. whole thing like yeah 
But I, I thought, I mean, I would agree that a lot of the acting was kind of overdone over the top in some parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it was that way with a number of the actors, not just with uh, Kenneth, but also with. Um, I would agree. With a number of them. I mean, that's Michelle just... Pfeiffer was a little much sometimes too. Okay. So I, I do have to bring <laughs> this part up. And now that okay. you brought up Michelle Pfeiffer, you have a private detective dude who is OCD, who notices everything, who knew that uh, Ratchet was Consetti. Like the moment he stepped on the train, he knew who he was. I'm not sure if you guys caught, caught that, but he knew who he was. Um, he was also somewhat involved in the actual original case where the girl died. And because yes. the dad asked, wrote to him and asked him to help. And he didn't basically get the, the, the chance to do it until after the rest of the family had already died. Right. So here's the thing that bothers me is you had this family who was pretty into the arts and stuff like that. Like they were pretty well known, pretty famous and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer's character, she was an, uh, I believe an actress or Broadway an actress. Yeah. You do not think that this investigator who notices every single little detail is not going to know who this person is just because she's wearing a wig. Yeah. Who's a famous, a famous actress, mind you. Yeah. Does that not bother anyone else but me? No, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. I'm just like, and she pulls off his wi- her wig and he's like, aha. And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> you just now figured this out? What you the just, heck? You knew the Consetti dude, like right when you walked on the train, but sh- just because she wore a wig? <laughs> you couldn't he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah but yeah no again everyone was playing a little bit of a caricature pretty much everyone was playing a little bit of a caricature they were all a little over the top and and you know like we said it was kind of a a nod to the original and it was kind of a nod to the big sweeping you know murder mystery and and it was fun i just it finished and i sat back and was like well that was fine mm -hmm. like not a bad way to spend two hours i mean and the thing is is like if they're trying to go for that old timey like acting style then they kind of nailed it because that's kind of what the old timey yeah. acting was is where they take gangsters and stuff like that and they just overemphasize them like man i'm a gangster see man you know they <laughs> do that sort of thing and yeah. they just overemphasize everyone's acting if they're trying for that type of style for this film they did it they did it but if they were just trying to redo or reboot the film and it, in its own story, just make it more, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. No, I, just, I see what you're saying. There's, <laughs> there's a difference. Um, in my, in one of my film classes, we talked about the difference between presentational and representational acting mm-hmm. and presentational acting was very, very present in like the fifties, for example, every, like everyone looked perfect. Like you never saw, anyone sweat because it had to just look perfect and it was very presentational it was very almost yeah very staged very yeah big gestures and you were doing it to create a spectacle 
nowadays, a lot of film is more representational where we want, it's almost like hyper-realism. Like we want it to be and to look as real as possible. So this was a little bit of a nod to presentational acting for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think it played off okay. And I understand where they were going with it. It's not typically my cup of tea, especially now, because I feel like I know, I know when I'm watching a movie in the 50s and I can kind of put on my film, you know, my film critic glasses and be like, okay, I understand this was made 70 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, I'm like, it was made five years ago. And so maybe that was just it, is I was expecting something a little more representational and I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, it didn't even feel quite like a nod to that. And it didn't even feel like a... Like a hey, we're you know we're kind of I don't know yeah we're 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 tipping our hat to to what this used to be. It just felt a little bit overwrought at times. Yeah, no, I I mean I would I would agree, and I don't know there there was a lot of stuff that bo bo bothered me. It was a lot of small stuff though, a lot of stuff that normally wouldn't bother people, like the fact that they were up in a frozen tundra mountain area, but none of them wore coats and sitting outside drinking coffee was just fine. And you couldn't, didn't bother them at all. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm or, like, are we not, is or, no one wearing like a fur lined coat or anything? It's or the, freezing. <laughs> or the fact that the steam powered engine was still going, obviously because it was producing electricity and heat mm -hmm. to the rest of the train, but yet when it shows the front broiler, it's all frozen over. Yeah. I mean, just shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, in all in all, I think, like I said before, what did it for me in this film was that it was a classic type murder mystery, which I feel like I don't get a whole lot of these days because they try mm -hmm. to really overdo it with like really weird stuff for murder mm -hmm. mysteries these days. And I really appreciate the fact that the way that they did this, the story that they told or, or retold, I guess you could say, and just how it was done. I think that did it for me. That's what got me through the movie. Other than that, there were a ton of errors, but I appreciate the fact of, of this type of film, murder mystery yeah. style. And like I said, it was fun. Like, it was fine. Like I said, I finished and I was like, not a bad way to spend a couple hours. Not one that I'm like rushing to watch again, but I mean, definitely, I could see, I could see me turning this on on a Friday night. Like, it was... It was fine. It wasn't anything spectacular for me. I didn't feel like it, you know, was anything overly innovative. There were parts that I thought were a little messy. There was, yeah, there was story issues where I just didn't feel like I got enough info. But, like, all in all, it was fine. It wasn't a bad movie. I didn't feel like it was a great one either, though. Mm -hmm. I would agree. I would agree. I'm kind of in the same was in the same boat. I just I just thought it would be a good one for us to do because of its uniqueness as far as how murder mysteries are not necessarily done anymore and this one kind of did it and mm -hmm. I kind of appreciated that. And that's true. Murder mysteries aren't quite as yeah, like I would say the only other one that is actually one we've done recently is like Knives Out. 
Yeah, but even that's not done like traditional way that no, traditional murder mysteries were done back in the day. I mean, it was more of that's like, true. you know what happened. I mean, yes, there's yeah. a twist at the end. I understand that. And it's a, it's a good movie. But you're not left in the dark like the old-timey right. murder mysteries, which is what I appreciate and like and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, no, it, it was fun. And I'm, and I'm excited for Death on the Nile. And I do, I like murder mysteries as well. I, I like kind of guessing and... Yeah, it's it's always kind of fun. I just like I said, it was fun. It was fine. Not a bad movie. I just didn't feel like it was a terribly great one either. I would agree. I think we're kind of on the same page with it. Yeah. So hopefully, the second one isn't too bad. I seem to have a problem with watching sequels, as we I may have mentioned on this podcast a number of times. Sequels are always terrible. So we'll see. That's majority of the time, yes, they're a cash grab and that's about it. And they have no story. Yeah. yeah. That's my issue is I'm like, yeah. Why did we make this? Ah, money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. Sequels. Ugh. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, death on the Nile, from my perspective, it got pretty similar ratings as murder on the Orient Express. So we'll see. Um, like I said, it has Gal Gadot in it. So, I am 100% on board with that. <laughs> um, I probably, I keep debating. I always feel like there's like a five number range that I'm like, depending on how I'm feeling, it could be anywhere in here. Um, I give it like a 68. Okay. I actually gave it a 70. I almost gave it a 70. <laughs> yeah, I actually gave it a 70. Um, it's good. It has some nostalgia feel to it for me. Um, it reminds me of some of the black and white murder mystery films that I used to enjoy and watch as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of had that nostalgia to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of flaws in it. Not film breaking, but a lot of very in-your-face flaws. Mm-hmm. But I think the nostalgia kind of carried it for me. So I'm, yeah. I'm I'm willing to give this one a seventy. That's fair. For me, I I yeah. For me, I, I did have problems with the story. I had problems with the acting. Um, there were some beautiful shots, which I'm kind of giving it. Um, it was still fun to watch despite the issues I had with it. I still had a good time, and I always like to give points for rewatchability. If it's something that I would like to revisit, then I think that 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 deserves a a nod. So. And to be fair, it it is a little bit better when you watch it the second time. Um, right. I'm not sure why. You kind of end up like forgiving a lot of the errors and stuff when you watch it the second time. You kind of tend to focus more on the story. And it uh-huh. does seem to be a little bit more enjoyable, which is... I can see that. Unusual and rare in a film. Usually, in the film, when you watch it again, you're just like, "Well, there's this that happened, and that," and I just like, and I noticed this, and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But yeah, <laughs> a little bit more willing to overlook it because you're kind of wrapped up in knowing yeah. things you know now. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So yeah, uh, next week we'll do Death on the Nile. Um, it is on HBO Max. If anyone, it just recently came out. If anyone's um, looking for a place to watch it before before we actually review it but yeah that's next week and we should be putting up um some polls and stuff to see what we'll do after that yeah because i think we've got a list of stuff 
uh, that we need to get through. What what was it like? Four hundred and something movies you've got a list. Going? I mean, I have tons of movies that I just love, and I mm-hmm. also have tons of movies that I want to watch that I'm sure I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, a fun one that I have. I'm curious to see what you think. I have never seen it. Okay. I have had two uh, friends at work who are appalled that I have never seen it. Okay. Um, who framed Roger Rabbit? Um, you know what? I have not seen. I have not seen it. Really. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, like, we've, there's a lot of movies that I want to watch that I'm sure I'll want to talk about afterwards. Um, this was during my. So this came out during my childhood, and mm-hmm. we weren't really seeing movies a whole lot in that time period. So I kind of just it kind of just fell off the radar, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's one that I might be watching relatively soon. That you know we might want to talk about. So yeah, I mean, we'll we'll put up polls and we'll kind of let you guys see what you want us to talk about. Uh, I there's another one that we need to do that I don't know if you've seen yet or not. Which one? Um, we need to do The Shape of Water. Oh, gosh, yes. I have not seen it. I think that would be a really good one to do, and I think there would be a lot of... I think it would be a lot a long podcast because of it, because of all this. I mean, I love that director. I loved Pan's Labyrinth. Um there's a lot about Guillermo del Toro that I really love. Um, he recently did Nightmare Alley too, which I've been wanting to see. So yes, um, there is some gore in it, but it's nothing like. I could that. definitely see us doing Shape of Water sometime in the next month or so. Okay. okay. Absolutely. That crap. <laughs> right up my alley <laughs> yeah i that's what i was thinking because i'm like there's some stuff that happened in this film that you and i don't definitely could both like relate yeah. to and stuff like that so yeah that's coming out there's some good ones coming out in theaters this month there's some good ones coming out this year there's a lot of uh horror films that are coming out this year really yeah What's jordan peele's got another one coming out and then the guy who did Hereditary and Midsummer also has one coming out this year starring Joaquin Phoenix called Disappointment Boulevard. Those are both coming out this year. Um, there's one coming out this month that I don't know if it's going to... It's a traditionally horror director, but it looks like it's an adventure film. It's a Viking film called The Northman. There's also an animated film called The Bad Guys coming out this month that I'm very excited for. Yeah, I'm kind of flipping through the list of movies slated to come out this year. And there's not a lot that's really kind of poking out, you know? It's kind of... I'm a film person, though, so I keep up with this crap. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, yeah. Um, put and feel free to put suggestions in the Discord and in Instagram, too, if there's a movie that you... Like, Brett, just now with Shape of Water, like, if there's a movie that you guys are like, oh, I'd really like to hear you talk about this, send in send in your ideas. We'll do them. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, I guess that's it for, for this episode. We'll see you guys next time. See ya.